Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheese Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer along with our guy Ryan Horvath. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Uh, also check him out weeknights, BetMGM Tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Him, Nick Ashu, and Trista Crick. Uh, you can check me out over there at 1250amthefan.com. Have interviews I do throughout the course of the week. If you're a big Packer fan, if you follow Best Packers Coverage uh, podcast on Spotify or some of these other places, you can find those interviews you like, subscribe, follow all that fun stuff. They'll pop up into that podcast or best bucks coverage or best brewers coverage, whatever the case may be. Follow any of those. If uh, you don't want to go to the actual website itself, 1250amthefan.com, you can follow whatever <clears throat> interviews, uh, team interviews that you want to follow that way as well. Uh, Packers lose to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I labeled it on the screen here on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Packers blow chances uh, and lost to the 49ers. That's really what it was. I mean, you could say the better team won. Uh, because they were the one seed, the more talented team, all of that. But as far as what happened in that game, the Packers outplayed them most of that game um, until the very end. Uh, And that's when they kind of fell apart, I guess you could say, between the the missed field goal. Uh, Jordan Love had more than enough time to not have to throw that dumb pass uh, Favre-like across his body. Uh, But for the most part, for at least three and a half quarters or so, they had outplayed the Niners uh, and gave the Niners, I think, far more than the Niners expected in that game, Ryan. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, they were pretty big underdogs uh, going into the game. It closed at 10, which usually means uh, you're projected to get your ass kicked. And I know San Francisco wasn't at full strength on the offensive side of the ball. Like, man, when they don't have Debo fully healthy, Brandon Ayuk fully healthy, Trent Williams fully healthy, and George Kittle fully healthy, Brock Purdy really goes back to being Brock Purdy that I lost a ton of money on when he was at Iowa State, even with Brees Hall and Matt Campbell, who I really like, the head coach there. I just like, he's, this is what I mean about like system quarterback, right? Like Brock Purdy has talent. I'm not saying he doesn't, but at the end of the day, like most of these guys are system quarterbacks. Look what Jared Goff's doing right now in Detroit with Ben Johnson calling plays, that run game, you know, Sam Laporta and all those weapons. And, uh, you know, like that's the one good thing that you could say about Jordan Love this season is he doesn't have a ton of weapons. Sure, like we're pretty high on some of these guys now, but who knew who the hell Bo Melton was? He was on the practice squad the majority of the season. Wicks, you know, Dobbs, uh, Christian Watson barely gave you anything this season. And that was the guy that everybody thought was going to be wide receiver number one. So um, the loss sucks. But at the end of the day, you weren't really supposed to be there. You were playing with house money. You were on the road. And, uh, yeah, like Jordan Love wasn't very good the second half of that game. He was also going against a pretty good defense, um, made the Favre-like decision to end the game. I'm cool with that, right? Like Rodgers' first year, they didn't go to the playoffs his first year as starting quarterback. The second year, they did go to the playoffs. You know, they scored a bunch of points but lost the game to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And he had a turnover at the end of that game. Yeah, so, like, this season was all about evaluating Jordan Love. I think – you know, we realize he's the guy. He could be the guy at least. I think I hear a lot of people like ripping LaFleur. 
I don't know why that question was even asked to LaFleur at the end of the season presser that happened today. What do you think about giving up play calling? Because I think that that's his best attribute. I think that's what he uh, brings to the table. I think he's one of, if not the best play caller, maybe in the National Football League, right? Like Kyle Shanahan is awesome. He's a great play caller, but in-game decision maker, he poops the bed sometimes. I think that like he's kind of a coward. Um, I mean, what the hell was he doing at the end of the first half against Green Bay, against Joe Barry's defense, right? I don't know. Does he not fully trust Brock Purdy or does he just – you know, Did you have fully uh, trusted Brock Purdy. This is a family podcast. I, I would if say you watch, but Ryan, if you watch Purdy play in the first half, did you trust Purdy to make the throws after the at the end of the first half? He looked awful. He didn't look no, good. Man, why wasn't he using his timeouts? Like, I don't care. Like, who your quarterback is, then go to Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold can make those throws. I know you guys don't. People don't want to hear that, but he can. I, I just, I, I, uh, I think LaFleur is a very good play caller. I think he is a good head coach. I would fire Joe Barry. I would move on from Joe Barry, even though the defense showed well against San Francisco. They also weren't at full strength. And also they hadn't played football in like two, three weeks, whatever it was. So there was some rust there. Uh, But at the end of the day, man, like you lost the game. So move on from Joe Barry. There's plenty of guys out there right now. I don't know that Mike Vrabel would want to be a defensive coordinator, but there's just so many guys out there right now. You know what I mean? Like Brian Flores went to Minnesota and they went from being the 32nd pass defense to a top 10 defense in one season. And they didn't really change personnel either. Again, this goes back to Goot didn't do a very good job drafting and evaluating these guys on the defensive side of the ball or Joe Barry was the issue issue. And uh, yeah, defense played better down the stretch, but it's like the same story every year. And now that you know that Jordan loves the guy, I think the goal next season should be Super Bowl. As crazy as that sounds, right? Because you want a playoff game, man. You went into Dallas, you were the only team to beat them, and you have a bunch of dudes. And Jordan loves playing like a top five, top 10 quarterback right now. So uh, I think the goal should be win next season. And uh, you don't have to spend a bunch of money. You could do it with these young guys, but I think you got to bring the right dudes in. And you get another draft class to add to this. Um, so a couple things here. Last week when we talked about this game, nobody was telling me when we were talking about how great the Niners were, well, they're not really all at full strength, so that could be a problem for the Niners. Nobody brought that up. Now, nobody knew Debo Samuel was going to get hurt the fine, but the rest of these guys all played. Had I saw nobody saying anything about this. Nobody last week was telling me, well, you know, they may, they may lose the game because they had that bye week, and that really could screw them up. That may be why they lose. I didn't hear any of that from anybody. I heard Joe Shasky from the game telling me how they were going to absolutely get hammered. Everybody across the media outside of Strahan, who I don't believe thought the Packers were going to win that game, simply did it because they were wrong on every other week. So if they all would have went with the Niners again, you know, would that have thrown everything off and the Packers would have won that whole athlete jinx thing, not jinx thing. I have no idea. Um, So I don't really fully buy that. He thought the Packers were going to win. He did it just to, just to have somebody different than the rest of them who all picked the Niners. I didn't hear any of these reasons or excuses prior to this game. Now the game happens, the game plays, the Packers are in it, they outplay it for a majority of the game, and now we come back with, well, there's this, well, there's that, well, there's this. Instead of just saying, yeah, maybe they're just not as good as we thought they were. Maybe they're not that undefeatable type team that we all thought. Maybe they are a team that lost five freaking games during the season, and they are a beatable team. Now, those people that were running their mouth against the Ravens, I think you can continue to run your mouth about how good the Ravens are. I don't see anything to make me change my mind on what I saw about the Ravens. Their defense is dominating. Their offense is good enough at this point. Lamar Jackson played well in the playoffs, which I questioned going into this game. So that one, I think you're good. I think Baltimore is good. San Francisco, I'm sorry, man. I 
they're beatable as beatable can be right now. And I think the Lions can beat them. And now I, we know the forecast for San Francisco is sunny and clear or whatever. Clear skies like 68 degrees or something. So weather is not going to be a factor for the Lions uh, and Niners game. But I, I don't I, I don't see this Niners team as some unbeatable team. You brought up Shanahan. I agree. Shanahan quit running the football with McCaffrey for long stretches of time, especially in the second half. Just quit. And I'm go, I'm watching this. I'm like, what is he doing? Why isn't he running the ball? It wasn't like the Packers had McCaffrey on lock and he couldn't get more than a yard or two. Every time he touched the ball, he was getting four or five yards. And he, Shanahan just quit running the football. Then this is the guy that everybody tells me, oh boy, you know, if he finds a weakness, he's going to hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer. They had a weakness. The Packers couldn't stop McCaffrey running the football. And he went away from it, Ryan. And this is the great Kyle Shanahan who goes to conference championship games and doesn't win Super Bowls. I mean, come on. I, yeah. Personally, I think I think that whole thing, they're, all of them are overrated. From yeah. top to bottom, the whole thing. I think he's, again, I think he's like a really good offensive mind and a really good play caller. But I think when it comes to like in-game decision-making, well, first off, like what I wanted to say is like he has no marbles. He has no stones. And you need to have those. And LaFleur does have those. I thought LaFleur outcoached him. But again, like, dude, going into that game, man, like I told you, you could have been rich if you just took George Kittle's anytime touchdown and George Kittle's receiving yards. Like if me, guy at home, and everybody, guy at home is telling you like, oh, man, they can't defend the simple crossing routes. They can't defend the middle of the field. They can't defend the run. And we're doing this every year. There has to be some change. Or it doesn't matter. Like you guys could bookmark me and yell at me about Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. I could be Team Rodgers. You guys could be Jordan Love. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if Dan Marino is the quarterback of this team, Brett Favre is the quarterback of this team, Aaron Rodgers, or Jordan Love, or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. If they don't figure out special teams and defense, like at the end of the day, man, Anders Carlson should have never been the kicker. I should be swearing and breaking things right now. I told you that that kid should have never been the kicker. Said that in training cut, camp. You don't cut Mason Crosby for that mm-hmm. idiot. All right. Because, like, that's the reason you're not playing football. You could have pulled off the upset, right? I mean, you, Green Bay was the better team. So I agree with you, man. Um, I don't, I think San Francisco is going to blow up on, San, on Detroit now. I think they're going to get themselves right. I think they were beatable for one night and one night only. Debo goes out, right? They get penalized, I believe, six times. They're the veteran team going against the younger team. Brock at Purdy. Brock Purdy cannot handle so, pressure. Can't handle we pressure. Had the, we, had, we had the better coach that night, and we had the better quarterback. I know Jordan Love made some Favre-like mistakes at the end. You got to take the underneath stuff. That's the other thing. But at the end of the day, I can't even like fault Jordan Love because he's probably looking for the freaking home run ball he because was. he doesn't want to see that idiot Anders Carlson take I the agree. field again. Yes. And I'm not trying to be mean here, but You're like right. the kids should have been cut midseason, man. Once you saw that this team had some fight, you got to, like, I told you, the first thing I said, I said this so many times, thank God this team sucks and isn't going to be a playoff team because if they were, this is how the season ends. It's always this or Brandon Bostick. And it's the special teams or it's the defense, not defending the tight end position. And this all has to end because we realized this year, like if Jordan Love plays within the offense, I don't, I don't know if he's Mahomes. I don't know if he's great, but I know that when he plays in that offense, like this is why I don't get like why people are asking the floor about play calling. How many guys were wide open? The Musgrave stuff two weeks ago, this week. I don't think right now anybody schemes wide receivers open better than Matt LaFleur. The right. offense, I don't think there's an offensive line that pass protects better than Green Bay. And that's a makeshift offensive line. They were number two in pass block win rate. Um, 
You know what I mean? They held their own against Dallas, who was the best pass rush in the league. That's why we pulled off the upset. So offensively, I don't think there's anything to worry about. You lock up Jordan Love. You keep LaFleur. You keep Stenovich. Defensively, though, I think you found out this year we got some horses. We got some guys. We need some help in the secondary. We need some self. We need some. For every play Savage got lucky on and made, my God, man, I really mean this. I'm a better tackler than Darnell Savage. I know I haven't played organized football in over a decade. I know for a fact that I at least will throw some effort out there, man. How do you not know at least how to leg tackle? Like he doesn't, he goes up high, he gets ran over, or he just does the thing where he dives at your legs. He's a safety. I, he has no business being on that field. Jonathan Owen stinks, but at least he's like a dog out there. Like at least he like wants some contact and wants to be physical, but he can't tackle for crap anyway. And if your, your safeties can't tackle, and your linebackers can't tackle. It doesn't matter how good your pass rush or how good your defensive line is. Let me say one good thing. One dude that could play football, if you go back and you watch the watch the tape, the All-22, Carl Brooks, dude. Five pressures, I counted. He only played 16 pass rush snaps, five pressures. That would be a 31% pressure rate. I saw Pro Football Focus had him with a 80-plus uh, grade, which I know J.J. Watt doesn't care about. I do. That dude came to play. That's like everything I've asked for. Carl Brooks. Um, sign me up for guys like that, dude. He wanted to, he wanted to win that football game. I, Preston Smith deserved better. His old ass. You know what I mean? He played um, well this year. Rashawn Gary, is this a hot take? Not worth the money. I'll go there. I know you guys, everybody loves him. He's in the locker room, hyping up Jordan Love. Dude, one sack, a half a sack, the finals eight weeks of the season. Come on, man. If you're making TJ Watt money, I want to see TJ Watt out there. Like, I feel like this This is like, don't say it, Ryan. Don't say it, Ryan. Don't say it, Ryan. This is like Nick Perry all over again. 13 and a half sacks, and then I don't think he combined for 13 and a half after getting the deal. I know he's young, and I know they use him different ways. He did have a tackle for a loss. Probably like, like choke slammed. He choke slammed the right tackle at one play. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying, holy hell, when you're making that kind of money, I want to like notice you on the field. And I had to go back and be like, did he play? Tell me I'm wrong. No, he's been non-existent for he eight He's going to get double team some and all of that. And I understand all that, but he had a one-on-one opportunities to get home and did not do it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. He's, he's been disappointing uh, to say the least. I, for me, when you, when you watch that game, first of all, I, I, my heart was racing a mile a minute. I, I just, I was so amped for that game and it just did not get any easier. They take the lead after the first car. It's like, all right, all right. We let a quarter. We let a quarter. Okay. We're up after one. They can't say they blew us out for four. Uh, and cause you know, I said last week, I just want to close. Cause if it's close in the last three minutes and he, this can go either way, I'm just going to laugh at everybody that said it wasn't going to be a game. And not only was it close, they were, they had the, they had the lead at that moment in time in the game as the Niners were trying to figure out how they were going to salvage a victory and get the heck out of Dodge uh, with the win. But either way, uh, overall, very excited by how this season played out, even though that game stunk um, as far as how that game ended because they played so well. And you could tell all those guys, um, especially LaFleur, I was kind of like devastated a little bit by how that whole thing ended. I'll take a quick time out, come back on the other side. We'll move on to our second uh, topic of the day here on the Current and Long podcast. Uh, what has impressed you the most about Jordan Love this season? That's next on Curtin Long. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. Check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Follow, like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. Back after this. 
Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, the fan, Ryan Horvath, Bet MGM tonight, part of the BetQL radio network. Check him out at Ryan Horvath on Twitter. You can check me out at Sparky Radio. What impressed you the most about Jordan Love this season now that it was officially completed and done and all wrapped up? What impressed you the most about Jordan Love this season, Ryan Horvath? unmute myself there what impressed me the most about jordan love let me pull it up all right so we got 32 touchdown passes geez second in the league tied for 10th with only 11 interceptions in his first full year as a starting quarterback i'd say that for the second half of the season the confidence that he played with especially after the way that the season started right like the losses to denver the loss to the raiders where he was really bad on national tv like literally threw the ball to one of the worst defenses way too many times um, and then he bounced back and then he looked like Patrick Mahomes out there. Um, so I'd say the confidence, um, protecting the football, playing a clean second half of the season. I know, I know he threw the picks in the playoff game, but, um, he played within the offense. So I think like the second half of the season, I fell back in love with Matt LaFleur, the play caller. And I realized Jordan Love could be the dude if he plays within the offense, because I think he went away from that, like on that final drive and he's got a lot of farve in him. We knew that. You know, Mahomes has that in him, too. And I think that's Josh something. Dude, remember Mahomes? Oh, Josh Allen is a perfect example. See, I love Josh Allen. I get like what Rami and everybody's take is about Josh Allen. Nick Wright has the same take. He's Favre, though, dude. And like he wants to win the game with every throw because he can. He's awesome. But like we like Tom Brady because Tom Brady will take the underneath stuff. He wins games. You know, and, and that's what I want to see from Jordan Love. Problem is when you have that cannon for an arm or you can roll left and throw that dart to your right, you think you could do it every time. And th- that's the other thing. Like, I like that about Jordan Love. But you don't want the season to end like that. That was very Favre-like, not only with this time in Green Bay, but that reminds me of the way that it ends for the Vikings against the Saints as well in the Bounty Gate game. So just take that stuff away, which he did the second half of the season. He played in the Matt LaFleur offense. And also you got to give Matt LaFleur credit because early on in the season, he didn't let Jordan Love play the quarterback position. I think it has to be a happy medium, right? And that's what we got with Rodgers LaFleur the second year when Rodgers won MVP. Hopefully we get that next year. I mean, these MVP, these are almost MVP numbers for Love. Clean up the turnovers a little bit. Throw a couple more touchdown passes. It'll help. Like, here's the other thing, man. I don't know if they're bringing Aaron Jones back, if they're going to pay him get a running back and give him 20 plus touches. I think we realize, like I know Aaron Jones isn't the biggest dude, but he doesn't need to be on this pitch count. Get another guy that could do what AJ Dillon's supposed to do. I don't want to see AJ Dillon back. No offense with all due respect, man. Good dude. He could live in door County and run for mayor, but um, we need a guy. We need a power back that could actually be the power back. Not that like falls over when Augusta wind hits him at Lambeau in January. So back to Jordan love, loved everything. I saw the second half of the season. Didn't play good in the second half, but like can't really knock him. Rodgers threw a terrible turnover pick against Detroit to end the season last year. We'll clean that up next year. Let's get him some weapons. One thing I want to see from Jordan Love, one thing that I think we're playing this week, they're playing this week, if they do more of, use his legs, dude. We talked He's about that on Friday. What was the RPO? Where was the read option stuff? Yep. I had to tweet this out. I think I got like 150 likes on that one within like two minutes because – Use his legs. Um, Rodgers would lose, use his legs, and he's, what, 26, 25 years old? He's athletic enough. Use those legs a little bit more, LaFleur. Use those legs a little bit more, Jordan Love. You trust your arm. Trust your legs a little bit more. But I, he, he's, uh, I'm excited to see 
what he could do next year. Let's get him some more weapons too, man. Go out and, you know, everybody loves to kill me for that T Higgins thing. Go pay T Higgins now. Not that I don't love these young kids, but give me like a, a dude in the red zone that's going to catch 14 touchdown passes. And then like Jordan Love may throw 50 touchdowns next year. I think before the season, I think we said, I have to go back and look, but I think we both said that if he threw for over like 3,000 yards and had a two to one touchdown interception ratio, we were going to be good. He threw for over 4,000 yards and had a three to one touchdown interception ratio. I mean, that blew us away. Uh, as far as what we the expectations were in his first year as a starter. The one thing that LaFleur always says, and I agree with, is his resiliency. Like he he never folded. He you never saw frustration, you never saw anger per se in a press conference. Um, never really saw it on the sidelines uh, at any point during the season. He's just the same dude. Like He's got a slow heartbeat. Is that what they want to call it? Or whatever they call it in big moments where everything just kind of slows down. That's kind of like how he lives his life. He's just kind of chilled. The leadership aspect of him uh, is huge too. Because again, he's closer to these guys' age, right? Where Rodgers mm -hmm. obviously wasn't. Uh, but Rodgers was with that new crew when he came in and Favre wasn't anymore. And Rodgers was able to relate to him and then they grew together. And now you've got the same thing with Jordan Love. And I see people all over social media going, wow. This Super Bowl window is wide open now. Like, it just opened, and it's going to be open for a while. Uh, and that's exciting because a lot of people that didn't trust the Packers on Jordan Love or whatever else thought this thing was going to be shut for another 10 or 20 years, and they never get back. Uh, so here you are. You got every opportunity that you want. I think the other thing that I thought was improvements was in the beginning of the season, his ball placement wasn't all that great, right? He'd throw a ball to the guy when he was open, but it would be low. The guy would have to go down and get it. And then the play would be over. And then when he started clicking in that Steelers game, that's when that ball placement got better all of a sudden. Now he's hitting guys in stride. They're catching and they're running. So for the most part, his ball placement got significantly better. I think him moving safeties and doing things with his eyes was a big deal. Him checking to the right plays and being more confident and LaFleur giving him more of the ability to check to plays versus earlier in the season when he didn't have that same freedom. That also was a difference maker, I think, with this offense too, when you allow him to get into a play that makes more sense for what he's seeing on defense because the head coach trusts him to do what he's supposed to do in those situations. And he had to earn that trust, obviously, throughout the year before he could get to it. And like you said, you know, he has MVP numbers. If they go back, if, if instead of being two and five in those first seven games, Say they're four and three. Two of those games go the other way. He's got MVP numbers. There's no question. And they probably win the division. Uh, and this is a completely different talking point uh, right now. So I, I think all of that impressed me with just how composed he was. He always gave the right answers to the questions. On the field, he always seemingly had the right answers uh, in the right situations. Again, the last play, okay, knucklehead. Obviously, we all agree. Uh, but other than that, that 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 whole thing to me was very, very impressive. Take another quick time out, come back, move on to the third and final topic here on the Kurt and Long segment. What changes are needed before next season with this Green Bay Packers team? Yes, Joel Berry's name is going to come up. Ryan already brought it up. But there are other things as well that we could talk about. Straight ahead here on Kurt and Long on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at Odyssey Sports uh, YouTube page as well, where you can stream this bad boy or watch uh, old videos like the one with Joe Shasky from the game uh, on Friday. I went back and listened to that again and laughed. Um, so make sure to do all of that. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Hey, you see Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, the fan. I'm my guy Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight. 
He's electric during the nighttime during the week. It's a whole different Horvath. He's at a like he's at a whole different level. It's like he's floating in air. He's so on his game at night on BetMGM tonight. It's him. It's Trista Crick. It's Nick Ashu. Horvath is just boom, 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 boom. It's it's all good stuff. Gotta check it out. Uh, I'm there on the BetQL Radio Network and streaming on the Odyssey app as well. Uh, and you can check me out over at 1250amthefan.com or, of course, Curtin Long Podcast, Green and Growing Bucks Podcast a couple times a week. Uh, and, of course, Spare Time uh, Bowling Podcast that's up and going again with the PBA season now underway for professional bowling. Uh, all right, Ryan Horvath, what changes are needed before next season for this Green Bay Packers team? Take your time. Let it go. I'll uh, take a nap because I'm sure you have a list. Go ahead. No, I really don't, actually. This this isn't going to be as long as I initially thought. I was never team fire LaFleur. Um, I like LaFleur. Um, I would bring back everybody on the offensive side of the ball, right? I don't know how much more you could really do with special teams. You want Runyon back? Um, he was crying at his locker today. I don't think he's coming. Yeah, I think he. I don't think he's coming back. So not really, and it, it's not really that big of a loss for me. One thing that they're really good at is evaluating evaluating offensive line talent. I never really worry, you know, unless somebody's like a complete freaking nightmare and he's going to get somebody killed out there. Th- then I have to start worrying a little bit. But you know, I, I trust them to make the right decisions, and I'm not the best at evaluating like offensive line talent. I'm not going to lie. So I always trust like the smart offensive line people with that sure. stuff, you know. Um, offensively, though, I wouldn't make a whole lot of changes. I don't know what really you could do. Special teams, I would like to see a new kicker brought in, at least for competition. They I mean, said when that's La- going to happen. When LaFleur's quote is, we just send him out there and I pray, like that. He, that was, he was mad about that. He was mad about that in the press conference today. He said, I've done a lot of production meetings over the course of time. And he goes, I've never had that come back to get me. He goes, when you're joking around and having fun, and then it comes out that way on TV, he said, lesson learned by me going forward. So, I mean, like Stokes could come back. I don't know how that works out really, like, and try to compete for a spot. But, like, I'm not going into the season with any – any hope that he's going to be a part of this team or David Bakhtiari. So I'm, I'm looking to trade David Bakhtiari preferably to the jets. Cause you'll be able to rip them off. Cause you know, Rogers has full say there and I love the guy and always will. He'll always be my favorite player, but he's went off the deep end. He's, he's in the cuckoo tree right now. So get David Bakhtiari to New York, get a bunch of cool stuff for it. Or, you know, because Goot will, one thing he'll do is find like a receiver in the seventh round. That'll be awesome from Utah state. And then I want new safeties need new safeties. I've had enough Savage. I've had enough Owens, even after just one year. Um, You know, let's get a little bit younger, probably, with some of these pass rushers. You can never have enough pass rushers. I want to be able to rotate pass rushers. Uh, Let's bring back Jair. The nonsense about, like, trading Jair, not bringing back Jair is just nonsense. You bring back Jair. We need another Jair. Cocky, arrogant, kind of goofy on the other side. Those are the best players that play that position. See Richard Sherman. You know what I mean? We want, dude, get me uh, Cooper DeGene from, from Iowa. Let's get the uh, first white cornerback uh, since Jason Seahold. Uh, no, Hell yeah. I, no, no, that. I don't care. Do just, give me, no, just give me somebody that can play no, the position so I never no. have to see a Kevin King or a Ladarius Gunter covering a top wide receiver mm-hmm. ever again. So I want a new corner, two new safeties, a couple new pass rushers, new coordinator, everything new, 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 faster, younger, meaner on the defensive side of the ball. Offense is just fine. 
sign up Jordan Love for another five years, sign up LaFleur for another five years, get my guy Steno, Adam Stenovich paid. Um, and uh, yeah, man, let's just like, let's button this thing up though. Cause I, I'm sick of seeing playoff losses the same way every year. Like the Ravens lose in the playoffs too, but they don't lose the same way every year. That's a button up door. Like Packers, we, we have nothing to complain about. This year's proof. This was supposed to be a rebuild year and we were two games away from a Super Bowl. Let's just button up the stuff so next year when we're in this position, we don't lose because of two missed field goals. Right. Or we don't lose the game to San Francisco where they don't score an offensive touchdown, but they block a freaking kick and a punt. Let's not lose because, granted, he's an awesome tight end, George Kittle. He kills us for the third year in a row. Like, let's lose a new way. Let's lose like 48-45 in a shootout or something like that. But I don't know. Uh, I think Joe Barry's got to go. I got to get some 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 different dudes on special teams. Let's get younger at the pass rushers, younger at safety, in a better corner. And I think that this team's probably winning 11, 12 games. I think I think regression comes next year for the Lions, and they win seven games. Bears will probably be a little bit better because I'm a believer in Caleb Williams. Um, and then Minnesota will stink. So, like, next year you got to win the division, Spark. So just get me a new coordinator. How about I like – I like the Shane Waldron hire as coordinator for the Bears. I thought that was really good. He's a McVay guy, was in Seattle, did some stuff with the senior citizen, Geno Smith. Um, so I, I think that was a good coordinator hire. I'm not sure why anybody goes there when the head coach is on the last year of his deal. Maybe they told him you're the new head coach if this goes wrong. Maybe that was the deal behind Eberflus's back. I don't know. Uh, but either way, I thought that was a good hire. Um, and I would assume they move on from Justin Fields too. So for me next year, I think realistically Joe Barry's back. I don't think they fire him. Um, do I want Joe Barry back? No, no. I'd like to see him move on. Now the guy I wanted the Jaguars just hired today. The guy that was the Nielsen, who was the head coach of the Falcons, the Jaguars hired today here on Monday to be their defensive coordinator. So you already lost one guy. Um, and Ron Rivera is interviewing for a defensive coordinator position. I saw uh, earlier today after being the head coach in Washington. Um, I don't know where I'm at on Ron Rivera as a defensive coordinator. Um, I know I wanted Nielsen and I didn't get him. So if they move on from Joe Barry, I don't think it's, Bad by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I don't think LaFleur will. Uh, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. I'm with you, Ryan. Don't touch the offense. Just leave it alone. You could find something to replace A.J. Jones or uh, A.J. Dillon. You have to bring back Aaron Jones. Figure it out. You and Aaron Jones, figure it out. Get that deal done. Obviously, you have to pay Jordan Love. They're saying somewhere in the area of probably like 43 to $45 million, I'm hearing. Um, so if that's what the number is, fine. Pay him. But you don't give him that money next year. You gave him the money after next year, right? So if you give him a four-year deal at that number, but not next year, and you can restructure next year's if you put it all together to lower that cap number as well to help you bring somebody in. As far as on defense, I'll tell you who would have been really nice for this Packers team. Would have been really nice, but they had no cap space. So you can't yell at the Packers, oh, they screwed up. Jesse Bates, man, that dude changed that Falcons defense. Changed it, right? And so... To me, if you're going to spend money in free agency, that's where it is. Get a veteran safety that can be a game changer like the Falcons did. Then draft a safety and say the second round, you have two second round picks, one or two safeties, one in the second, one in the third, whatever. Hopefully one of them work, right? You bring back Keyshawn Nixon. I think that's a no-brainer. You bring him back. Uh, and then at cornerback, I agree with you, Stokes. Forget it. Uh, you, so you still have Valentine. You still have Alexander. Um, Ballantyne, yeah, I don't care if they bring him back one way or the other necessarily. They have to draft a corner. I'm with you on that. Too. Like first, first or second round corner. Um, I do not want Cooper, uh, but 
I want Wiggins, but he's never going to make it to the Packers at 25 now, the cornerback out of Clemson. So Kool-Aid McKinstry maybe out of Alabama or something like that. I don't know. But get somebody. And I agree with you on the other thing you said. Young, fast, mean. That should be the motto of the offseason yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. Young, fast, mean. If they don't check all three check boxes, you move on. And I know y'all like the RAS score, the RAS athletic score, right? They get these big 90s numbers and stuff like that, and that's how the Packers used to draft. Fine, cool. So get all those guys together with all the numbers that y'all like and then go through Ryan's list of, okay, is he fast and is he mean? They're all young, obviously. It's a draft. So those two, fast and mean, right? And mean meaning they're hard hitters that know how to tackle somebody. That's that's what mean means. Mean does not mean to punch the referee. Mean means, you know, hit somebody hard and tackle them and knock them on their butt, especially if you're going to continue to play zone. Because then you need somebody to come up and jar a ball loose or whatever the case may be. So I think Orvad and I are both on, on the same wavelength from that standpoint. One more thing for you. What? This is way early, and I understand. Way, way early. How much do you play Jordan Love in preseason? None. So you're there. You're the, you're the, you're you're there. I'm good. I don't want to see him play Clifford. I'm yeah. putting him out there. He doesn't need any more practice in preseason. Let's just roll. That, that's the other thing. Trade Clifford. Trade Clifford. No, you ain't trading Clifford. He's got to have a preseason where he balls. So if, guys, if Love's gonna watch, then let him go ball and do something. Yeah. These these weirdos could call me a Jordan Love hater. I've been on board all season long. I don't know like what podcast they've been listening to, why they keep coming back to me because I didn't want to back up four years ago. These same lunatics were calling for Sean Clifford at one time this season. Yes. I never, That's true. ever, 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 ever wanted. Sean Clifford's ass could come in when it's time to take a knee so Jordan Love doesn't like pop something going he down. He came on in and they had to pull him out to put Love back exactly. two weeks ago. Although... Tucker Kraft needed to catch that ball. That was yes, one he did. Money. I needed that one. But, no, I mean, I, I was just joking about Clifford. But, no, man, I don't need to see any Jordan Love. Like, I like, uh, you know, like these teams that don't play their dudes in the preseason. No, I'm, I have no concerns about Jordan Love. Um, you know, I would love to see him, obviously, like, work out with his dudes this offseason. He already said that. He said they're going to do it more in California than they did last year. Yeah, no, no, I don't really need to see a whole lot. I mean, they can play him like, you know, a little bit if they want to, but I, I saw enough from Jordan Love to know that he could be the guy as long as he just runs the offense and doesn't go off script and try to be far. Uh, I just don't think that that's how you win in the NFL unless Great. you're Patrick Mahomes. And even do that, that second year with Mahomes, you know, they were playing a bunch of too high shell and they had to sit him down and be like, guy, we know you can make the throws, but you also have to take this underneath stuff. Even this year, he had a bunch of turnovers and Josh Allen had a bunch of turnovers. That's just the way that these guys play the position now. So no concerns there at all. Um, the one thing I want to say really quick about like Valentine and like those dudes, one thing I like though, is they do have that meanness. If you saw those clips of like Amon Ross St. Brown and EQ, like on that thing, I love how they were like, we told you the Packers were good and they talk mad stuff, like talk the crazy. And they're like, who is it? And they're like, Jair wasn't even out there. You all know, right. I, I like that though, man. Like, well, character, uh, Valentine that, talks, character Valentine talks as much as Jair, if not more, I think. Yeah, so like I don't want him to be number two lockdown corner, but maybe he could be like a nickel corner. Sure. Or he could at least be a dude on special teams. You know what I mean? But that is kind of what I want, chirping. Now, like, I don't want to hear chirping, like when you're giving up 385 passing yards <laughs> and then the quarterback airmails one and they're doing the sword thing, you know? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, I don't – those guys, some of those guys, like even Jair, like last year, he like shied away from contact. I know most of his hip hits are like cheap, 
but those dudes do like to get their licks in. So I'll take some of that. Give me, give me, give me more mean, give me more speed. Cause yeah, I don't think this team's far off now. They're not far off. The NFC, the NFC stinks. Who's going to get much better? Dallas is still bringing back McCarthy. We have the advantage there. Um, you know, Atlanta, if they get Belichick maybe, but they still need a quarterback. Bears, I still think, like, even if they get Caleb Williams, it's going to take them a year. San yep. Francisco, this might be their last run with this team. They're not going to be able to continue to pay all these guys, man. Um, Rams, Stafford's going to be another year older. Right now, is it crazy to say, going into the year, Jordan Love? Philly's a mess. Jordan Love's a – yeah. I, I was bitching early on in the season about how they took Jordan Love over Jalen. Give me Jordan Love over Jalen. Jay, you know when Jalen looked good? When Shane Steichen was calling the plays. You know when Jalen didn't look good? When Sirianni's dumbass was calling the plays. And now again when he's calling the plays. Like there's a whole side of the field and the middle of the field that Jalen doesn't see. Really quick, because I, I should have said this when you asked me what impressed me most about Jordan Love. is the What impressed me the most the second half of the season was um, early on in the year, the Packers knew they weren't really good on standard down, so they had to hit you with explosive plays. Second half of the season, once they got the run game going especially, they were a little bit better on standard down, so Jordan Love didn't have to hunt the deep stuff, and he went through all of his progressions, and he took the intermediate in the middle stuff. R Rodgers never threw the ball to the middle of the field, and you can blame a lot of that on never having a tight end, definitely never had a Tucker Craft and a Luke Musgrave, but that was what was most impressive, man. Him going through the progressions. A full offseason, and I want to see him working out with C.J. Stroud, too. Because um, I think those guys can make each other better. And whoever that quarterback coach is, good for him, man. He's interviewing, so, too. He's interviewing so yeah, for offensive coordinator jobs. Yep. I'm jacked to talk about this team now this offseason. And I don't think they need to spend – you don't win in the National Football League spending a bunch in free agency. I know mm -hmm. I always called for that when Rodgers was there. That was more just these picks suck, MVS and EQ suck. We have to spend money now, or this guy's going to retire without a ring. And that's probably what's going to end up happening. Now you can kind of take your time, hit on every draft pick, you know, and, and bring in the right guys. But, you no, know, you don't want to bring like, the Elvin Ingrams of the world or the Cleo Max of the world. You know what I mean? Just get yep. young guys, get, get all the uh, Vanessas in the world. And if they don't work out, then that's fine, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would do. It really sucks. Not only that we got robbed of Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets, but we didn't get those 60% of the snaps because that would have been a first-round pick. Huge. Okay. Would have been huge. How you get two twos? I mean, you've got a one, two twos, no residual Douglas, so you have two threes. You're going to yeah. get compensation for the guys you lost last year, so you're probably going to have with two fours and at least a five, if not two fives. I have to yeah. go back and look. But they, they are in a position through the first two days of the draft to have five football players. Right before they get to day three, they're gonna have five football players added to this roster before they even get to the fourth round, folks. I'm telling you, you you may want to bang on Goody, but these last two draft classes all have big impacts on this on this team this year. The last two, if he has another really good draft class this year, you are Ron talking about Super Bowl. Hey, that may not be too far off if he hits on another draft class. If he gets say three starters out of this draft class that have an impact uh, on on this team next year. They might be talking about sitting there at the conference championship game time about going to a Super Bowl. You know what? You know what my wish list would be, and I'll dive into this a little bit. Um, I want a new defensive coordinator. No offense to Joe Barry, I just don't think Joe Barry's defense works in today's National Football League. I want a guy like Mike McDonald who doesn't game plan, doesn't script for opponent, or no, I'm sorry, does game plan for opponent rather than like Week Martindale. 
you know what his old ass is going to do every week, right? Yep. He's going to blitz you. Todd Bowles yesterday, right? Ben Johnson and the Lions made the right second half adjustments because they know what Todd Bowles is going to do. He's going to blitz you on 80% of your dropbacks. Even Jared Goff's going to figure that out, get rid of the ball quickly. I want a defense like Mike McDonald's running in Baltimore where they're going to throw some man, they're going to throw some zone, they're going to throw some too high shell. You know, they're going to throw a little bit of everything, but they're going to be able to get natural pressure with real pass rushers. So my wish list would be like a fiery Robert Sala type defensive coordinator where, yeah, this guy doesn't have the brains to be a head coach. He's a total meat stick. But, you know, like at night he's listening to Tool and firing up the D and like firing up his defensive plan. Right. That's what I want. A young, fiery dude who wants to be a head coach and he wants to uh, make his bones as a coordinator. And then I want a cover linebacker. I know nobody values the inside linebacker position, but look at San Francisco. Why? And look at what Baltimore is able to do. They're able to run that defense because they have a Patrick Queen and they have a Roquan Smith. With all due respect to Andre Campbell, right? He's not the best cover linebacker. Nice, and he can't tackle for crap. Yep. So I want a coverage linebacker, right? Inside linebacker. And then I want two more pass rushers in another corner. Do not even drive. I don't care about a tackle. You know, even like Joe out, man, as good as he is, go back, pop in the tape, the good games, like throw on the tape against Duke. He's on his ass four times against Duke. So um, I'm fine with what we got on our offensive line. Get all pass rushers, corners, and get a cover linebacker and change up this defense, and you could be playing for a Super Bowl next year. I would love a right tackle uh, or a left tackle, whatever. But I'd like yeah. the opportunity to move Zach Tom into guard or center where yeah. he could play an all-pro level um, versus right tackle. And he pass-blocked off his tail end up there. But when we start talking about run blocking and stuff like that, I think he's more effective inside. This offense is going to be about running the football still. Yes, Jordan Love is the man, but everything comes off of play action, which means you have to have an effective run game for that to work. So you have to have run blocking offensive linemen first and then pass blocking offensive linemen. That's why I would love a tackle for two reasons. One, to protect yourself against Rasheed Walker regressing. Um, and two, to put you in a situation where that guy can start and Tom can slide inside. So if that means he goes into right guard and that right tackle starts, fine. You're better on the right side of the line than you were before because Zach Tom is a huge upgrade over John Runyon. If that right tackle right tackle guy is a nasty type dude that can play right tackle. So we'll see how it all goes. Uh, he is Ryan Horvath, but MGM tonight. Make sure to check him out weeknights on the BetQL Radio Network. IMC Sparky Pfeiffer. Follow him at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio, 1250 AM. The fan. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles.